This is a Triple M Footy podcast. With all the latest news and stories that matter right now in footy, it's Tom Brown's News. Good afternoon. Welcome to the podcast. A big news day. It's the Pies 1990 Premiership Reunion today. You'll see all those pictures on the television tonight. One of the most famous premierships, certainly in Collingwood history, and a very famous one even in the wider AFL history of flags. It was a drought-breaking flag. All the big names, including Lee Matthews, Craig Kelly, Damien Monkhurst, um, all the legends will be there today as far as Collingwood's concerned. I'll give you a bit of an update on tomorrow's podcast in regards to that. But I, obviously the big story today is Patrick Cripps. He has appealed the tribunal decision regarding his two weeks. He'll take that to the AFL Appeals Board in a hearing tonight. This hearing will cost Carlton $5,000, but clearly for their captain, that's a small change in comparison to what they're trying to achieve and argue. It's a new panel of... Um, in terms of the tribunal, the arguments for an appeal are particularly narrow. They'll have to prove, for example, things like an error of law or that the decision from the tribunal was so unreasonable that no tribunal acting reasonably could have come to the decision based on the evidence available or that the classification was manifestly excessive. So you can't sort of revisit the facts, but uh, you can argue those points of law. So it's going to be interesting. It's difficult. It will be very difficult for Crips to win this appeal. But obviously, Carlton, they're genuinely now in danger of missing the finals. They've got two difficult games coming up in comparison. The Bulldogs with two relatively easy ones, but the Blues facing Melbourne, then Collingwood, right on the edge of the eight. They're clearly prepared to roll the dice and have a go at trying to get Cripps off at the tribunal hearing, which will be six o'clock tonight. The Saturday Rub, Friday Huddle, Sunday Rub, Midweek Rub, Tom Brown's News and all the footy podcasts you need are in one place. Subscribe to Triple M Footy on the Listener app or wherever you get your podcasts. There's lots of trade discussion heating up at the moment at Standard for this time of year, but some big names uh, in discussion this year, including the likes of Grundy, Heppel, Dunkley. I'll just cover off some of those in terms of the latest As I See It. Brody Grundy, it's been reported, met with Melbourne in recent weeks, in particular Simon Goodwin and Max Gorn and the footy department. Um, the Cats, the Giants and Port, I've reported Port, also interested in Brody Grundy. It's an interesting situation. There are reports now that Collingwood could cover and pay up to $300,000 of Grundy's salary, which is approximately a million dollars a year, just to explain that. The idea is that if he was picked up, for example, by Melbourne, Melbourne would cover on an ongoing basis the balance of his contract, which is five years and, say, $700,000, and Collingwood would then pay the balance, which is $300,000, which is owing as part of his current contract. Sources have told me this morning, and it's my view, that Collingwood won't pay up to $300,000 of Brodie Grundy's contract. They might. Um, one player agent suggested play pay in the vicinity of two or $250,000 of Brodie Grundy's salary, but they certainly, in my view, won't pay up to $300,000 of Brodie Grundy's salary. Obviously, the point here is that the more clubs that are interested in Grundy, the more likely it is that they'll get a higher offer and one of those clubs will pay a greater proportion of his salary. So that's the discussion going on in the background at the moment. Of course, Grundy's had surgery this week on his ankle. He's out for the year. That's been widely reported. And I guess uh, any club looking at him would obviously want to factor in those uh, issues as well. But I think it was just the knee, then the ankle, and uh, look, a medical's pretty standard as part of uh, whenever you're making a player a rival offer. In terms of Dyson Heppel, it's looking more likely now that he will stay at Essendon for an extra year. The Bombers, in principle, want him to stay next year, um, but I think it would only be a one-year deal at this stage. There's talk of the Gold Coast offering a two-year deal plus two years of coaching, which in effect is a four-year deal. 
that offer from a formal sense hasn't materialised as yet. So there's a thought that he'd stay at Essendon next year. But Essendon were very, very frank yesterday, in particular Ben Rutten, saying, look, you know, of course they want him to be a one-club player, but they're realistic, the Bombers. If Dyson can get the security of a two-, three-, four-year offer from the Gold Coast Suns, they're realistic about the fact that he's been a great servant for the Bombers, and they'd be, you know, perfectly happy for him to take that. There also is a school of thought that Dyson, who is a great person, by the way, is a bit one-paced these days, doesn't apply a lot of hard ball gets, and uh, Essendon has been generous in terms of offering him a one-year deal, perhaps for Essendon to proceed and progress you know, they'd be better off parting company with Dyson Heppel. So Essendon is, in, is offering a one-year deal, at least at the moment, and it'll be interesting to see what Dyson decides in coming weeks. It would be nice, too, if he did leave the Bombers, for him to have a farewell game, but I guess that would be a consideration next week. Plus, we don't have visibility on the Gold Coast situation just at the minute. Josh Junkley's an interesting one. I've reported interest from Port. There's also interest, according to the AFL website this morning, from Brisbane as well. The Dogs put an offer to Dunkley a little while ago. They haven't heard back from him in a formal sense. There's a school of thought here that Dunkley, who they blocked the Bulldogs from going to the Bombers, might just be making the Dogs sweat. There's also a school of thought that thinks that uh, the Dogs, who have re-signed a lot of players, wouldn't be in a position to offer as much as Brisbane or Port or a rival club for Dunkley. So it'll be very interesting to see what Dunkley decides to do in the next three or four weeks. Of course, the Bulldogs still firmly in premiership contention. He'll be concentrating on that too. This is Tom Brown's News, bringing you the latest in footy every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Here at first on Listener. Where's Alistair Clarkson? It's become a bit like where's Wally. It's a bit of an exercise in terms of where you can spot Clarker, whether he's up meeting with the Giants, whining and dining in Sydney, checking out what life would be like in Sydney, checking out what life's like at Arden Street, speaking to the North Melbourne um, hierarchy, if you like, about what could be happening there going forward, what the job would look like. Also speaking to assistant coaches, sounding them out, linked to interest in Todd Viney as a senior assistant overnight, um, Alistair Clarkson. What I've heard is this, is that the Giants have made him a good offer, an attractive one from a monetary perspective. Um, I've heard third-hand that Clarko doesn't know a lot of people in Sydney. He's open to the idea of moving to Sydney, but also is mindful of the fact that it costs a lot to live up there. Now, obviously, he'd be making good money, but that's a consideration. His life is very much in Melbourne at the moment. Um, he's got his kids here who are all be at, have now passed school age at the end of this year. He's got a place down at Cape Shanker Farm. He's got his place, obviously, in Melbourne, so he has got a life very much in Melbourne, and North Melbourne might suit him in that regard. I've also heard that he's very interested and invested in what North's doing at the moment to the extent that he's been at the reserves game recently. He's keeping tabs on some of the reserves players, and he's also been to their seniors game. He was spotted apparently at the seniors North Melbourne game over the weekend. So it would be interesting to see spotting this weekend. It's, uh, I think the Giants and the North Melbourne reserves are playing about the same time this weekend, but that's the latest in terms of Clarko looking at Todd Viney. And that's the sort of balance that he's weighing up at the moment. I think the advantage the Giants have got is that they could get some ambassadorial money separately through the AFL if you wanted to do some extra work for the AFL up there. Having said that, that would be offset by, I guess, the additional cost of living in Sydney, which obviously is significantly expensive. From a list perspective, I thought North showed quite a bit against Sydney last weekend. The Giants have obviously got a lot of good players who are um, up around 26, 27 on long-term contracts. Having said that, the Giants do have some salary cap issues as well. You'd think the Giants are closer to a flag. Maybe that will weigh into his considerations. But I have heard today that Alistair is due to make a decision as soon as by Friday next week. So that'll be a critical date as far as the coaching market's concerned. Bringing you the latest in footy news before you hear it anywhere else. This is Tom Brown's News. 
And just I'll wrap up briefly on a couple of topics. Wayne Carey spoke on the midweek rug on, rub on Triple M yesterday. His quotes you might have seen widely distributed yesterday, clearing up that he didn't have any type of physical fight with Anthony Stevens, contrary to the SEN report on Monday. And he was, in fact, inquiring as to Anthony Stevens' welfare when he had some, I guess you could call them stern words or, uh, you know, um, words with Steve-O at that reunion. So I think Duck... Uh, Wayne Carey did a good job of clearing that all up yesterday, a really good job just clarifying. There was certainly uh, nothing in terms of having to be physically separated, nothing from a, a physical fight perspective. So Wayne Carey speaking on Triple M in regards to that topic yesterday. They did have words. Apparently it was in regards to Steve-O's well-being. Wayne inquiring on that and uh, Duck clarified all that yesterday. In terms of the race for the AFL CEO, I've been told overnight that Gil McLaughlin will now be in place as the CEO until the end of the year. It was thought that perhaps he'd step aside as soon as uh, September or October. He's got a lot on his plate. He's still got the TV deal to do, the men's pay deal, the club funding model, and Tasmania. A lot of people are asking me at the moment about what the latest is with the TV deal. It's pretty hush-hush, usually pretty hard to work out until the deal's done. I sense, and this is just a sense, that Fox and Seven will retain the rights. Um, I don't think the AFL might get the crazy figure that was bandied about originally. They'll get a good deal and a good number. There's no doubt about that. I think I know that one club I've spoken to this week is worried that Saturdays will be all exclusive with Foxtel, which will be pay. Um, a, we don't have any visibility on that yet. And B, that would be a good way for the AFL to get the money up. But again, we don't have clarification on that as yet. But that's the latest on the TV deal, which is edging closer to a resolution in the next few weeks. In terms of Gill's successor, I've been told this week that Andrew Dillon, who's the general counsel and footy boss at the AFL, is very much the short-priced favourite. Kylie Watson-Wheeler, who's the Bulldogs president, has been linked to Gill's role. The context is that Kylie's also the boss of Disney Australia, has a great job, a big job, and uh, has deservedly been linked to Gill's job. But I have been told this morning that Kylie is not going for Gill's role. And in fact, I don't think has even been interviewed or probably contacted in regards, formally contacted in regards to Gill's job. So Kylie has been linked to that as a uh, bit of a late runner or a dark horse this week. But I think you can strike Kylie off the list of uh, potential candidates. She's not going, I'm told, um, from senior sources this morning for that particular role. And just a quirky one, Gil's house is up for sale. So he's um, listed his house in Paran. It's listed for 10 to $11 million. So if you're uh, looking for a big block, a huge block, a prize block in Paran, Gil's house is for sale. But Gil at this stage will be in place as the AFL CEO, certainly until the end of the year. I'll have all the latest tomorrow from the 1990 Collingwood Premiership Reunion, the latest on Patrick Cripps. There's lots of trade talk doing the rounds as well. Of course, we'll also have the teams. It'll be interesting to see if Patrick Dangerfield plays this weekend off the back of that uh, potential re-injury of his calf. Look, I think they've got a pretty straightforward game this weekend. I'd be tempted to rest him again. Anyway, we'll decide when the teams will determine and find out when the teams come out tonight. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today. Triple M rocks football. That was Tom Brown's news. Come back every Monday, Thursday and Friday for more and subscribe to Triple M Footy on Listener or wherever you listen to get all our podcasts throughout the season. For Reem Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M rocks footy.